confident, feeling fun. We're at the party, the big, big party. We're gonna have all the times and go for it tonight, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Monday, January 6th. Happy Armenian Christmas to everyone out there. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Cass Mellis. Hey, everybody. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Lee and last but not least, making the magic happen, is J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Guys, follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc., you guys know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments. Keep them coming to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later this week, I believe on Wednesday. So you got a few days to get those fresh new questions and comments in. Also, a little tease here, gentlemen. I got to save the date for you. Hey. Yeah. For all of you guys here in the studio and everyone listening, Save the date, Saturday, February 15th, in Chicago, Illinois. Hello! That's all I'm going to say right now. Mm. Lots more (laughs) to come on that in the next couple of days. Saturday, February 15th. I believe that's uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, Lee. Oh, wow. Yeah, let me just check the calendar. It is. Yes, yes. That's all we're going to say right now. Interesting. Okay, but Monday staple, looking back at the NBA weekend. Hitting you with the winners and losers from the last couple of days. Let's start with the winners. Tass, where you want to go? Andre Drummond of the Detroit Pistons. According to reports this weekend from ESPN. Got no problem saying who the report is from. Uh, Andre Drummond is on the trade block. Apparently the 26-year-old two-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA is going to be getting a new start somewhere else before the trade deadline. He's the one who's going to be moved out of Detroit over Blake Griffin and friends. Now, I would consider him a winner because I think he needs a fresh start. Mm. Um, And there's some teams out there. ESPN said maybe it's the Hawks. The Athletics said he's definitely going to be traded before the deadline. Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo said Boston, Dallas, or Toronto are interested. Uh, But I think buyers should also be a little bit cautious. And let's let's start with the Hawks here because I don't think he's a guaranteed foundational piece for the Atlanta Hawks. I think they could make two mistakes probably give up too much and then just already resign themselves to signing him long term because I don't think necessarily that he's going to work out with John Collins in the front court is John Collins an all-star would you rather have Andre Drummond I mean that's a debate but I think it's sort of like DeAndre Jordan in 2013 when he went almost went to the Dallas Mavericks (laughs) when he decided yeah pump fake put that chair on the door I'm staying here lock me in the room he wants a little bit more offensive responsibility he wants he wants to have more you saw it early in the year when Blake Griffin was out he got that he tended to be a little bit more happy he got a little bit of slump shoulders when Blake Griffin came back I think he's a little bit more offensively talented than DeAndre Jordan that being said he can also sort of go the way of Hassan Whiteside when he just gets numbers that don't really count for anything so I, I don't think if you're looking at Andre Drummond I don't think you just say, hey, we're signing this guy long-term when he inevitably becomes a free agent this offseason. Now, if the Hawks, as rumored, are just going to give up an expiring deal plus the Nets pick, which isn't going to be that good, and Uh, you're going to have a little bit of a trial here for this season and see how it goes, and then you determine whether you sign him, I think that's cool. I think that's a good idea. But Andre Drummond just – he is the best young player on the Detroit Pistons. 
the only proven guy on the Detroit Pistons, you know, beside Blake Griffin, who's well into his 30s, and they're comfortable moving him. And, and I think that's, that's a sign of, number one, he just needs a fresh start. But number two, he's not, he's not just going to fit in everywhere and be absolutely great. I, like, I think what you said there with the Hawks is important, though. If it is just one of their, obviously, expiring, you know, bloated 2016 contract in your Parsons or your Crabs or whatever, and then a pick, let's say, for Drummond, I mean, I, I don't mind that idea. Because you're right. Like, I look, I'm on record saying there is no doubt in my mind he is going to decline his player option and hit free agency in 2020 because there's no other big names. He's talked about him before. I think he likes that idea of being, you know, possibly wind and dine a little bit. All-NBA player. I'd completely oh, forgotten yeah. he made an all-NBA yeah. team. Yeah. The all-star teams, yeah, but all-NBA is a, a serious accolade. But So then that's the decision. Yeah, how much do you pay a guy like Andre Drummond in today's game where although he's improved at the line, he's improved in his playmaking, um, obviously still a, a limited big in the sense that he's not stepping out and knocking down threes. He tries to. He tries to sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but so, sometimes he, he, he does think his, his offensive yeah. repertoire is a little bit yeah. better than it is. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind the idea of a Hawks flyer on yeah. him. As long as it's I, a if, flyer. If, if I think sometimes... very little going back, yeah. If yeah. you're the Hawks, though, as well, you've got to remember they don't attract a lot of free agents. So this might be the type of guy you get him in for these last few months. They've got tons of cap space next season. Tons. Tons. He's only going to be 27 at the start of next season, so I, I, I agree with kind of what you're saying there. It's yeah. worth it's worth getting him if he can now, and trying to see if he if he works there with Trey Young and, and John Collins and those guys for the remainder of this season, and then you're in that spot where you can offer him the big fat juicy contract because I don't think he would come here otherwise. I think I mean perhaps he would, but I think that uh, when you're the Hawks you need to sort of get a little bit of a head start on other teams. Mm. And if you're giving up, you know, that doesn't, that's nothing. You're just giving away nothing. A draft pick to get him, I think that's certainly worth it. What's the hurry for the Hawks, though, to be any better than they are right now? As it stands, they would get that Brooklyn pick. It's, it's uh, protected 1 through 14. So you're looking at a pick probably, you know, 18 through 22, something like that. The Hawks aren't going to be much better next year, even if they add Andre Drummond. I guess that makes them knocking on the door of a playoff team, but then you're roped into Andre Drummond for five years. Would you rather have that, or would you rather just keep playing the slow game, add more and more draft picks, take more and more swings? It looks like DeAndre Hunter will be a player. Cam Reddish, still not sure. That's why you need multiple bites at the apple, more chances to add pieces around Trey Young. I don't think that adding Andre Drummond, a fringe all-star, makes them a whole bunch better. I think it's kind of it's kind of a panic move where you're like, Trey Young's going to want out eventually if we don't start to bring in some veteran presence around him. And I don't, I just don't think Andre Drummond really makes the Hawks a whole bunch better. I think the last couple of years we're starting to get a sense, though, that their front line can't really defend anybody. And Drummond, when he's engaged, if he's engaged, will help. The last few years the Pistons have had good defenses. This year they're poop. And I think part of that is Drummond doesn't want to be there. But I'm not sure if he works with John Collins on the offensive end. He'll he'll work with him. He'll work well on the defensive end if he's into it. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm worried that the last couple years, all their guys and DeAndre Hunter, even Herter, John Collins, I think is part of that as well, might not work out. There's still there's still a billion question marks, and Andre Drummond is just another question mark to add to the team. But in theory, if you have offensive weapons in Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and uh, John Collins. And then you have a DeAndre Hunter and Andre Drummond sort of being defensive pieces. Like, they could work and they could be pretty good. I think they could, you know, you said a French playoff team. 
I think they'd be a lock for the playoffs if those guys all continue to grow at the same time. There's just so many question marks. So, yeah, maybe you just keep adding to the pile and don't add a guy like Andre Drummond, who we know who's, his ceiling is what it is. Yeah. Probably right now is you know where he's peaking. Uh, but, probably, but, but you know he immediately makes your team awesome on the glass. He does help your defense a little bit, being a big guy inside. He's, I, I agree. I don't think uh, Drummond's going to get a whole lot better here uh, from 27 onwards. He's going to mm. be a, like a 15 and 15 guy. That's the thing with that. Even years. if you do sign okay. him to that max, he's not going to be. It's not going to be an albatross, I don't think, because he's still going to be young enough mm. that things uh, are. See, that's where I'm not sure I agree. He, that's, that's he is not a max player. He just is not. He he isn't. You can't convince me. I'm just worried. But he's going to get close to it. That, I, I mean, he'll get it. I think he's going to get it. You think he'll be? He'll get a max. I think deal. he'll get it. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Yeah. Maybe. Like people, people want a big guy who can just get you those numbers, you know, in his sleep. That's what he does. How effective that is is a different uh, conversation. But I, I think teams are gonna teams are gonna be in for Andre Drummond. He's not gonna be on the free agent market for too long if he if that's the option he chooses. Yeah, I guess the worrisome part is that the Pistons are willing to give him up potentially for a bag of beans. If we're <laughs> exactly talking about an right. expiring exactly deal right. and a, a pick in the teens for a max player. What the what? Well, I mean, know. that's that's just yeah. a reported deal. Yeah. But if if a guy who's going to get the max is just being dangled for just... I understand they want to rebuild in Detroit, and, and they probably should have done that two years ago when they traded for Blake Griffin instead, and now they're doing it now. If they do it now, Tom Gores has decided that, all right, we're going to just back this baby up and decide to slow it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but don't you want more? I don't know. It's there. It's a bit. It's well, a you'll bit take of a anything though if you're pretty convinced he's going to be leaving, leaving yeah. anyway. If he be, if he does decline the option, which yeah. again I think he's going to, and, and become an unrestricted free agent. But I can't teams, imagine he'd be staying then. But wouldn't teams be offering more if he's a max guy? I, I that's I agree with Lee. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get somewhere right. around the max. But he, you know, he he vacillates between a bit of a Hassan Whiteside getting twenty and twenty. Yep, not affecting a lot. And sometimes he's great, like a DeAndre Jordan. I think that's DeAndre Jordan's his peak, I think. Dedicate yourself to defense. Get the ball a little bit in the lane. But max two dribbles. I mean, that's that's the rule. Yeah. Max two dribbles, I, Drummond. Jordan was never a number two guy, though. And Drummond would be the number two guy. And he would probably honestly want to be the number one guy if he came to Atlanta. Luckily, Trey Young would be established as the face of the franchise, so we can't really slide in there. But... I don't know. If Andre Drummond was this good, the Pistons wouldn't be wanting to trade him. They would have made the playoffs more than twice since he's been there. If the Hawks were to acquire Andre Drummond, they become the Pistons. Like, they become a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs every single year. Yeah, but couldn't you argue that if Drummond ever, if he lands in in Atlanta by by way of trade or signing here, I mean, Trey Young instantly becomes the best point guard he's ever played with. I like the concept of a big guy like Drummond setting a huge pick for Trey for even That's more great for Trey Young. and then him running to the rim. Yeah. I mean, that, that could work. Yeah. Drummond just, I, I agree with Trey in that he could be unhappy here again <laughs> in, in Atlanta. Uh, like he is sort of in Detroit. Like he doesn't have enough of a role and he's angry that Blake Griffin came back and isn't getting enough of it. But if he's dedicated to doing the right things, being a DeAndre Jordan, Maybe he does that in a new place, and maybe those other guys elevate themselves, those other guys I mentioned, and, and DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter, John Collins especially, into premium guys. But maybe Drummond will always be unhappy with that role. What about some, what about some of these other potential teams in the Drummond market? Like you said, 
do you see anything there? Like Mavs obviously have contracts to make it work, but I think there is a the flip side of that is well, you just heard Rick Carlisle talk about we don't want Porzingis down there on the block. Yeah. We like to stretch the floor. Well, okay, if you add Drummond, yeah, he's going to help you in some regards, but he's probably going to clog things up. But they, I mean, they could make it work, right? With Courtney Lee's contract or Tim Hardaway. The, the Raptors are there in the mix. I mean, a lot of people, I'm starting to see a big push for this idea of the Raptors being a team that could go get Drummond um, and give it a go here to shore up their rebounding issues and, and helping out with their bigs at times with you know Gasol being injured, of course, and you know, Serge Ibaka sometimes hit or miss. Um, do you see any other possible trade scenario with another team, not the Hawks? I mean, the Mavericks is interesting uh, because, again, if you get him, you figure they're trying to look long-term with him. But then, of course, they're going to have Luca's max coming up. Yeah. They've already got Porzingis yeah. on one. So there's probably not the sort of uh, big contract that uh, Andre Drummond is looking for. And this could also be one of those uh, moves where if you're the Mavs, you don't need to rush things too quickly here with Luca. Don't go for any panic like, let's just quick get some vets in and see if we can, you know, maybe uh, go ahead of schedule. So you have to be a little... Slow play it a little bit more. Exactly. Just be a little bit careful. But then again, Mark Cuban might also say, you know what, listen, if we can get him right now and and maybe... Maybe this is a good opportunity. Well, Tash just got done comparing Drummond. Maybe his peak would be a Jordan. <laughs> they tried to get him yep. once I mean, certainly, time. certainly I think they need another big there in Dallas. So, um, I, you know, th- there's some sort of a fit there. But I'm just not sure if it, it would be more than just a rental for the remainder of this season. Because as I say, I think Drummond's going to command more than Dallas are going to want to pay him next season. Here's the real question. If Andre Drummond gets traded, let's say, on the weekend, are we coming into the office? Emergency podcast? <laughs> well, Does depends, Drummond warrant... Nah. Emergency podcast? Gotta see who's no? coming back the other way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. A pick? No way. Fascinating. No. All right. So, yeah, Tass has, uh, has Drummond as a, as a winner. Or even the idea, I guess, of maybe the Pistons coming to terms with, yeah, okay, this ain't going to work. And, you know, Blake's hurt, hurt. There's probably not a huge market for him and his contract right now. So, Drummond is, uh, if they're pretty convinced he'd be leaving anyway, let's try and get something for him. Yeah. So, let's yeah, see. That's probably good for, for big penguin as well to just move on I, yeah <laughs> go to the arctic <laughs> it'll thrive uh, i can't it's melting he wouldn't last <laughs> all right who do you who do you have uh trey as a winner of the weekend big winner of the weekend nfl wild card weekend let's be honest <laughs> the football was the best thing that happened this weekend texans over the bills and ot great game we might have saw tom brady's last game as a new england patriot the vikings beat the saints in overtime and the seahawks beat the eagles came down to the last two minutes four bangers which is good because, as Dan Feldman pointed out at Pro Basketball Talk, none of the NBA's 11 games on Saturday and Sunday featured two teams with winning records. Mm. It was always a good (laughs) team versus a bad team. But luckily, we've got my real winner of the weekend, the Washington Wizards. They made for some entertaining games. On Saturday, they beat the Nuggets 92 points from their bench, highlighted by Ish Smith, a career-high 32 points. And I just feel good for that guy because he seems to me – to be the point guard who is like your replacement level point guard. If you're a bad team, you bring in Ish Smith. He makes your team a little professional, makes them faster, and he's catching the other teams off guards. I feel like he's been playing on teams that have been battling under 500 for the entirety of his career, but the Wizards have an identity. They play fast. They're fun. They try and score a whole bunch of points. They got a whole bunch of players that are playing well that their announcers don't even know their name. They call him AP, Andres Pajitskis? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know that one, but if the announcers don't know the name, I don't feel 
super bad about it, but he played well. Zach Bonga played well. They got a bunch of points from Troy Brown Jr., a guy I like because they call him TBJ. Shout out to hashtag TBJ. But the bad teams were actually pretty good this weekend. We had two fun Grizzly games we'll get to later. Lakers-Pelicans was fun. The Pelicans had a game winner. The Hawks beat the Pacers. There was another great Hornets game. Shout out to Instagram and PJ Washington, one of the top five duos in the NBA (laughs) from a watchability standpoint. And the Knicks even tried very hard against the Clippers, and they looked all right for (laughs) at least a quarter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it could have been a disaster for the NBA, and the NFL was certainly more watchable, but at least the bad teams were fun this yeah. weekend. And then uh, I would even – it was a funny, weird moment, I guess. Isaiah Thomas getting tossed in one See of those you, Wizards games for bumping into the official on the sidelines. He got sort of mixed up with a couple of the opponents and then fell into the ref. Yeah. It sort of looked like he, he did pushed him off yeah. a bit, but got ejected yeah. Uh, yeah. for contacting well, the ref Got fined 25000 The ref kind of stumbled back there. But interesting, you talk about Ish Smith. <laughs> well, it was a ref flop, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he, was, he was, yeah, I mean, he sold it, but he deserved to go too, I think. Uh, but Ish Smith, he's the replacement point guard, but he has a little pregame routine where he goes to the restroom before the game, or as the game tips off. Drops an ish. Yeah. Smith. And uh, he came back out, and uh, he was already caught into action. He was running late for yeah. his game. Yeah. So uh, he had to do his uh, quick Sir Foster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, the Wiz sort of getting a, a, a wild card uh, winner of the weekend there. Lee, who do you have? I'm uh, going giving a shout-out to Vince Carter. Why? First player ever in NBA history to play in four separate decades when he stepped into the uh, onto the court on Saturday night against the Indiana Pacers. I mean, sure, he started in 98 and it's day three or whatever it was in 2020. So, you know, it technically, it counts, part, it technically yeah. overlaps there. But uh, really, I mean, Vince Carter is, a, is not the sort of player I would have expected to have achieved a goal like this. I uh, I didn't think he loved the game all that much for a while there in his career. Yeah, that's I, true. I, you know, I, I thought that... Uh, Vince, you know, he was a phenomenon when he came on. He, he His career really started well. But then he seemed to get a little bit um, not in love with basketball. He fell out of love, I think, with basketball. And uh, the fact that he's still playing now and he's still contributing is uh, is quite remarkable. Like, he's not just sitting on the end of the bench and doing nothing. He's actually playing, which is probably not a great thing for the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> no, but not uh, really. uh, Vince is going to finish his career... Uh, third all-time in games played. He only needs 13 more to surpass Dirk. That's where he's going to tap out. He's not going to be able to catch Kareem or, or the Chief unless he decides to unretire at the end of this season and come back. Yeah. But, you know, when, when I think about Vince Carter, I think um, I always was waiting for him to sort of take over the league for a couple of years. And it never really happened. I think after 2001, that, that series against Philadelphia, you thought, man, what Vince could become, you know, something really, really special here. But then that his career in, in Toronto kind of petered out. He went to New Jersey and they had the big three there of Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, him. He thought, wow, man, they're going to be unbeatable. Didn't quite work out. He went to Orlando and I thought, this is even a good role for him here where he's not necessarily that number one guy playing with Dwight and Jameer and, and that team was on the rise. And he thought, this could be the opportunity where he really, <laughs> you know, that, that could be the role that he embraces the most. But, um, How about but that's, his 51 games as a Phoenix Sun? Uh, yeah. That, this that, could have been the time. Orlando... <laughs> By the way, Vince on the Magic was like a decade ago. I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, that, for me, that's that is wild. That's uh, crazy. I feel, I, I We're feel not that, uh, The thing about Vince is he was probably a, a little bit of a victim of his own athleticism. And, and I, when I watched him in those early days in Toronto, the game came so easily to him. He was so athletic. He could do everything. But he just... Uh, and maybe that was why the expectations were so much higher. It yeah. was like, I mean, he's a, you know, he averaged over 25 a couple of times in his career. He's a very good player. But I just felt like 
there was always a little bit more that he could have done. And uh, and again, I think sometimes when a guy just plays that way, you feel that he's not working as hard as he maybe could. Yeah. But um, injuries were a big part of it. Injuries were, no but doubt. you know, especially for a guy that athletic. Yeah, uh, injuries contributed as they do in situations. But um, you know, still the fact that he's still playing and um, you know he's still contributing, and and we all still love Vince. It's great. Yeah. But, Who's uh, more impressive uh, in their old age, Vince Carter or Selma Hayek? <laughs> Lee, no. don't get yourself fired. I shouldn't have Come asked on, that. Come on, Selma. I mean, you know, why go so over the top with him? <laughs> oh, Lily. <laughs> why can't you just say she's a beauty? She used to be. She, what? what? Are you high right now? No. Oh, my God. I got a little uh, disappointed. <laughs> Like, get the hell out of here. Seriously, why make him that crazy? That's from the guy who thought that Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd, and Vince Carter yeah. were the big three who were going to take over the NBA. I this admire, is what disappoints you? Yeah. I used to I be admire Vince, but I don't admire Selma. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Let's just move no, on. No, move no, on. No. He's, he's high. I said to my wife last night, I said, like, that's just, you just going over the top. You oh, wish. Boy. You wish. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Um... I was going to ask you something else, too. Oh, about Vince. When are we going to find out what they're doing for Vince at the All-Star Weekend? Mm. Something's going to be happening, right? Put him in the contest. Make like, him do something. Yeah, and, like, I think that's got to be, almost. like, Or, like we've talked about before. Uh, he's we... lucky Mello came back. Yeah, uh, yeah but, yeah. Mello says he's not retiring by any means, so it'd be yeah. weird if we're like, hey, we did this with Dirk and Wade. Hey, Mello, Vince, you're in the game now. But something's got we got to do something for Vince, it feels like, at the All-Star Weekend. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put him in the dunk contest, though. Oh, my God, no. Come no. on. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Rachel Nichols. I do not want to see he's Vince not Carter going. in the nah. dunk contest. You he know, might he's... be involved in it somehow, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Judge. He could judge. <laughs> I mean, like, there's yeah. not a lot of choices. You can no, be in it, or you can judge, or somebody can yeah. jump over yeah. you. Yeah. He must have done that a few times already, though, as well. She's been in the league for 40 years. <laughs> Four decades, 40 years. What was your favorite Vince Carter decade? Ooh. If you had to rank them. 90s, you don't got a lot of time. 2000s, no. you know, a lot of controversy, but a lot yeah. of highlights. 2010, that's when he was rebuilding his image, and then 2020, he's just lighting it on fire so far. It's early. <laughs> I gotta go, yeah, the 2000s. 2000s. Even, though, even though things turned very quickly there in <laughs> Toronto. I mean, those first couple of years, yeah, where he was, he was a star. He was, like, scoring, like, nearly 28 a game. Yeah. Every night, he was on, had, like, three dunks on uh, SportsCenter Top 10. Yeah. So, I'm going with that one. But you're right. Then the injuries happened, and then, uh, ooh, then it got, got pretty dark there for Raps fans oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the middle of the decade. Um, all right. I'm going to give uh, Winner of the Weekend to the Grizzlies. You said it there, Trey. You slipped it in. Uh, they stayed perfect over the NBA weekend, winning two road games in two days. They defeated the shorthanded Clippers 140 to 114 on Saturday, and then followed up on Sunday. While I was half-ass watching the Globes, I was really watching Grizzly Suns, and they beat the Suns 121 114. It's a scrappy bunch. That's five wins now over the last 80 games. They're very respectable, 10 and nine since December 1st. They are in a playoff race in the Western Conference. But it's just like how they've been doing this too. I mean, Saturday was the John Morant show. That was awesome. Uh, 22 points, 9 assists, 4 boards. But the highlights are wild. I mean, he had the huge, huge two-handed oop. Um, Some slick dimes. He dropped Jerome Robinson, stared at him, then hit the step back three. Harden-esque. Got the nod of approval from Lou Williams. Yes, yeah, Lou was even loving it. Uh, And then... You know, even in that game in the fourth quarter, beautiful little floatery hit. 
you know, navigating the double team uh, with his dribble. So he was big in that game. Jay Crowder, best maybe best game of his career. Jay Crowder, one of them at least. Auditioning. Auditioning for what? Being moved? Getting traded to an L.A. team. Yeah, it's possible. And then on Sunday, it was really uh, Valanchunas, who was uh, especially pretty dominant in the first half. He went 12-16 from the floor for 30 points. And Dylan Brooks, Canadian Dylan Brooks, um, over both games, on fire from downtown. 6-3, six, 6 for 9 versus Eclipse, and then another 5 before fouling out late on Sunday versus the Suns. But the Grizzlies, right there, um, I think maybe one of the more surprising teams in the league. And John Moran is must-watch TV. He's has to be on the short list of guys you want to like either go see live or just fire up League Pass to see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's that exciting. Oh, definitely. Uh, he's shades of young Derrick Rose with uh, the way he gets to the hoop and is just has zero concern for his body or anything that goes on in there. But um, you didn't mention their best player, Jaron Jackson Jr. That guy is awesome. It was crazy watching that Suns game. He's so weird to watch, though. He's he very awkward. so awkward. He yeah. reminds me a little bit of young Kevin Garnett, especially watching against the Suns where both teams – we're playing too big. So you had Valanchunas and Baines just smashing into yep. each other. You had DeAndre Ayton out there looking like the 1990s. And then you had Jaron Jackson Jr. just running around, stealing the ball, blocking the ball, yep. falling over, pulling from three, catching a, like a down screen, come around up to the top, hit a three. He was incredible. Uh, he just looks like he's figuring out the way his body works. And I know he <laughs> has trained with Kevin Garnett, but the, the shades of yep. what he's able to do are there. I don't necessarily think he has quite as much of um, – like the creation in his game, you know, like where he's uh, creating plays for others, but he can get his own shot and he can play defense. Uh, he's going to be the Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. That's a that's a nice twosome to start with. Then you throw Brandon Clark in there, another option. Yeah, they've got a future. And then a shooter future. like Brooks and stuff like that. And gives would you rather have? Would you rather be the Grizzlies or the Suns? Yeah, I think the that's Grizzlies the, are the new right Suns. There, huh? I yeah. Think, yeah, I think. Ooh, wow, man, that is tough. Jackson's up to forty-one percent on threes this yeah. year, but. He's chucking them, too. Yeah, that's God, it's it. such oh, a crazy-looking oh, shot. Know, There's the release, and it's yeah. his body looks so wild, just especially with his size. Um, but this is a big stretch for the Grizzlies. They're 15-22. and 22. They're ninth right now in the West. But they have three very, very winnable games, I'd say, coming up. All at home. They're on a huge home stretch here. I think their next six games are at home. They play the Wolves on Tuesday. Then they got a nice break. They play the Spurs on Friday, and then they have the Warriors on Sunday. Uh, and then there's yeah there's a tough Rockets game but then the Cavs and the Pelicans I mean that's that's got a that's four or five winnable games right there I would say at least four um, that they they really should should win they should go four and two at this home stretch and that would uh, you know get them closer to five hundred but they're they're a fun team yeah that one against San Antonio is huge yeah yeah they could uh, potentially draw even with them or overtake them if uh, depending on what happens between now and then so that could be the big six pointer and uh, earlier in the season John Morant was sat a couple games because of a back-to-back situation he also hurt his back but also he was just resting at times earlier this year played in those back-to-back games this weekend it's a good sign uh just that they're kind of going for it i think grizzlies fans can get excited and, and yeah they've been must watch less than three months into john morant's career he's already got the youtube highlight reel that's ridiculous already some other mini winners here just quickly um Daniel Tice's game-saving block on Trey Young. That was huge on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Trey should have taken the drive, maybe gotten a little floater mm-hmm. or created inside. He wanted to go for the, you know, the game winner there. Um, but nice, you know, Tice knew that I'm just going to take away the three. <laughs> like, worst-case scenario, uh, this will be going to overtime. Um, stayed out on the perimeter. Again, Trey could have gone around him. Uh, I think everybody agrees with that. But 
defended the shot well and got the block. So that mm-hmm. was big. Uh, Lakers, speaking of blocks, 20 blocks on Sunday versus the Pistons. 20! That's, That's a lot of blocks. Very, very rare. That is a hell of a lot of blocks. Anthony Davis with eight of those grabbing a little bit. Um, headband Harden. <laughs> Winner of the weekend, yeah, I got and the corners. Uh, yeah, that's right, got the braids. Throwback, I think he used to wear a headband. We started with um the Thunder, right? Yeah, it's been did. a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a long time, but and and he's continuing to kill it. Uh, and new Cavs guard Dante Exum, it was in a loss, but uh, you know he was recently acquired in the trade with Utah. Scored a career high twenty eight points. He had twenty four in the second half. Finished eleven of thirteen from the floor. Perfect from downtown in twenty four minutes. And they, they stormed back. They went on like a 32-6 to six yeah. run against the Wolves, and then they still lost pretty handily. Well, he got taken off as well. Yeah, he did. He was gassed, I think, though. He was legit yeah. gassed. But but I, probably I want would, to ride the hot hand exactly. on that one. Uh, and, and just for, for Dante, I, I'm sure considering where his career has been to this point, he would have loved to have stayed out there and kept going because he, he looked incredibly confident. Remarkable stuff. One more winner of the weekend. <laughs> NBA superfan David DeLooper. Guys? I don't know if you've been following this or heard about this guy, but he is trying to make it onto 30 NBA Jumbotrons in just 30 <laughs> days. He started this quest um, at the 76ers game on Christmas Day, and after this weekend, he has successfully added four more Jumbotrons to his mix. So Friday night, he was dressed as Puff the Magic Dragon in Orlando, got on. Saturday night, he's up here in Atlanta. He's in like a dirty bird costume. He's in a bird costume. He got on. And then Sunday, he pulled off the double header, successfully landing on both the Clippers and the Lakers Jumbotrons because they both had games in LA. So he's up to 13 games in just 12 days. You can follow this guy on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag 30 for 30 for 30 is what he's calling it. But so far, so good. And he's like, like I said, he's always dressing in costume at these. And, uh, I think in the Lakers game he had a taco hat on, uh, right. even though it wasn't Tuesday. Um, but so far so good. So check this out. I mean, I think we got to try and get this guy on the show. Sure. I've got a million questions. About, Sounds like he's busy. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it might be difficult to find some time. But like, why are you doing this? How did this come about? I mean, how are you even? I, I guess he does have a GoFundMe going, but like, do you travel you with pay- the costumes? I mean, yeah, there are a million questions. <laughs> That's thirty costumes. Um, and he's not even halfway through yet. So uh, you know what? We're going we're gonna to try. We're gonna reach out to Superfan David here and see if we can try and get him on the podcast maybe later in the week. Um, all right, let's get to losers. Losers <laughs> of the weekend. Lee, well, let me get started. Yeah, here. okay. Uh, I'm going to go out Don't to, say Selma Hayek or I'm going to punch I you didn't in the face. Say, I didn't say she was a loser. <laughs> you were disappointed, you said. A little, a little, a little. Anyway. She looks drop-dead gorgeous for 53. You she's wish she looked that. She's 53. What'd you think? She was, you probably thought she was 23. No, no, no. Okay. Anyway, no, she, who you got? Anyway. Uh, well, listen, a lot is being made of one particular incident which happened on Saturday's game uh, between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Oklahoma City Thunder when Kevin Love uh, sort of got the ball and threw it in anger to one of his teammates after <laughs> what he f- sort of, what being implied that Colin Sexton was sort of hanging onto the ball and not moving it mm. around a lot. Now... That after, wasn't the, it, though. after the game, Kevin Love saying, no, that wasn't it. It was just I had a mismatch on Chris Paul and I should have got the ball. And Coach Beeline said the same thing. Yes, we should have done yeah. that. So that's what Kevin Love was referring to for that particular incident. But really, this highlighted something that has been going on with Kevin Love and the Cavaliers now for uh, a, a lot of this season. He's had run-ins with Kobe Altman, the, the GM there. 
He was uh, threatened with a fine of $1,000 by the GM, who, which uh, after an incident uh, last week where uh, apparently Kevin Love's response was, go ahead, I've got lots of money. <laughs> and $1,000, of course, out of, out of all his uh, career earnings is not much. But who's at fault here, really? Is it the Cavs or is it Kevin Love or is it a little bit of both? Because when Kevin Love signed that contract, four years, $120 million, he still had a year to go on his, on his current contract. Of course, why wouldn't he sign that? He's, that's, that's a great contract. But then he also knew at that point the direction of the franchise was changing. LeBron wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. The Cavs were starting to looking to, you know, for their future in draft picks and he, younger he, guys. He says he really wasn't told that, though. Well, he does he need to be... He still leaning into being obviously uh, a competent playoff uh, team. Sure. Right. I mean, no no team sort of says, listen, we're tanking to their face of the guy. They just sign that yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah. but you can read between the lines here. So if he's unhappy, fair enough. But if he's going to sort of start acting petulantly towards a franchise, it's hard to be too sympathetic, in my mind, to him. Right. Because, again, if someone offers you that contract... You're going to take it, of course. The Cavs, I think, were, were at fault for even offering him such a silly contract. I don't think they needed to do that at the time for that long, for that amount of money. But it's almost, to me, a little bit now like Kevin Love's like, well, I'm getting paid. I don't want to be here. Trade me. And you know what? I'm just going to pout my way out of here. Right. That's what it's sort of coming across as here to me because uh, apparently Kobe Altman talked to him earlier in the season about basically bad body language and not trying. And then he went on a, on a roll where he started playing really well. Um, Kevin Love's still a, an all-star caliber player. He's, there's going to be plenty of interest in him, but he's bringing a big, fat contract wherever he gets traded to. And I think that's going to make... He's got a lot of money. <laughs> he's got a lot of money. There's no doubt. He's fine. He's set for life. His family's set for life. But it's, it's going to be a little harder... Uh, to trade him right now because of that big contract. Teams that have sort of been connected with him, let's say Portland, for example, well, they've got Carmelo for the rest of the season. So I don't think they look necessarily to add him there because, again, then you get another couple of years of this $30 million that he's earning after this season. Three more years, in fact. Um, so it's it's going to be tough for him to to get out, to get to a situation where he is on a challenging team. Because of that big contract, teams are going to have to give up a lot to get him. And I'm not sure how many teams out there who are competing are going to be prepared to give up tons of assets uh, to acquire Kevin Love, who still a good player, but certainly not. um, I don't I don't think he goes to one team. Let's say, for example, purely hypothetically, the Raptors and automatically it's like, well, they're a contender automatically again. He can still offer something to a team, but um, I don't think the way that he's behaving is is fair to the franchise that gave him this stupid contract in the first place. So um, I'm not sure how this ends there for Cleveland and, and for Kevin Love, but uh, I don't think the way to go about it is to, uh, is, is to behave with this attitude toward the franchise. To pout a little bit? Yes. Yeah, his pouting was pretty terrific. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't dissimilar to when Isaiah Thomas was a Cleveland Cavalier, and there was a lot of drama in that locker room. And remember, there was like a rebound. Kevin Love got it, and Thomas was like, give me the ball. So he just <laughs> like sticks his arms uh, out yeah. and hands it into his hand. We heard the same complaints from the Cavs last season at the beginning of the year. We thought we were going to be a playoff team. Now we're not. How come they're not trading the veterans? Eventually, Kyle Korver got traded. So, yeah, I guess Kevin Love's just trying to accelerate the process, but... Like you're saying, Lee, he signed that contract. It's easy to read the tea leaves. You know you're not going to be a great team, even if uh, Tristan Thompson thinks the East still runs through Cleveland. Uh, nobody it's- else thought that. So it's tough, but I guess this is how you get out of <laughs> get out of a place. 
Just well, yeah. complain about it. Well, he wants to be like Jordan Clarkson and get traded from Cleveland. That's for certain. He could be a, a little bit less demonstrative on the court, uh, but he doesn't like the way they play basketball. I think that's pretty clear. He doesn't like that they're you know basically at the bottom of passing the ball and, and assist rate in the league, and he doesn't like the fact that he is more of a you know a number two on this team and not like a it's a little bit more of a hey let's be a little democratic let's all share the shots. Uh, he's he's dropped down in the in the sort of the hierarchy there, and the the shots aren't being distributed as the. Uh, as the salaries go, not even freaking close. It's quite the opposite. So I like, you know, he's pissed off with his role. And so, yeah, I, I don't mind a little bit of petulance. Uh, you know, something has to change. Nobody, nobody really likes playing there and nobody really likes the way they play. He's having flashbacks to his Minnesota days, I think, is what's uh, happening here a little bit. At least he got the ball then. Yeah, he did. He got big numbers and stuff like that. Uh, you're right. Uh, but his team stunk. And then now then he teams up with LeBron and, you're always going to the finals, and you're winning a ton of games. And then, yeah, the last two years without LeBron, he's won. I mean, he didn't play a lot last year, but he's won, uh, I don't know, 29 combined games over the two years, less than 30. So he's frustrated. But do you think, you know, we're all saying it's sort of funny at times the way he was going about it and his sharp comments back to, to Kobe Altman and who cares, I got the money and there's no feel here he kept on. Like, are we a little hypocritical, or maybe not us, but some people the way, like, when Anthony Davis was sort of doing this, and I wouldn't, I would say he wasn't even nearly as demonstrative on the floor with his frustration with the Pelicans front office and sort of get me out of here. Well, people went nuts and people went crazy over Rich Paul. I know Waz yep. was talking about this on, on the Ding podcast this morning. Like, where's the, you know, if you're going to have that sort of hate for AD and Rich Paul and that situation last year, you probably should have the exact same feelings to what Kevin Love's doing, but it doesn't feel that way. Sure ain't hearing Kevin Love's uh, agent come up here. That's definitely true, and uh, I would say it's worse. I would say it's worse for Kevin Love because he's got so many years on his deal, at least with Anthony yeah. Davis. You're like, he's leaving. He's leaving yeah. immediately, so maybe something needs to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I thought Waz was right that uh, the, the differences between Kevin Love and Anthony Davis, they're obvious, and there's a reason perhaps why Kevin Love will get a little bit of a pass for this. But yeah. I don't know. It looks it looks like the Cavs are just a super unhappy team. I also think on the play where, you know, he whips the ball to the corner, part of it is is that he's got the mismatch down low and he's getting told by his coach, "Come up, set a screen. Come set a yeah. screen oh, for this 100%. guy and try to get a shoot a shot off," right? It's like I mean, there are other ways to attack a mismatch and maybe a pick and roll is one way to do it, but that's how you do it if you want your point guard to be the superstar. At least we got the hilarious social media moment of, you know, love after that Saturday game, trying to express his love to his teammates yeah. in the Instagram posts. Bunch of photos, you know, arms around. He's hugging Sexton. There's another one of Jetty Osman. There's Larry Nance Jr. And then Jetty Osman with the unbelievable reaction comment. Sup, Kev? My man. Prayer emoji, flex emoji. <laughs> Sup? <laughs> Just happy Jetty Osman sort of feels like, in a weird way, oblivious. It feels like to what's going on. He's just having a great time. Oh, positive people. I don't, I, I, don't I really don't mind what Kevin Love's doing on the floor. Like, I just think it means he cares that they're not playing good basketball. I think that's what it means. I think it's different than Anthony Davis in a way that Anthony Davis didn't want to play basketball for the New Orleans Pelicans and sat out. They sat him. The Pelicans did. After he made a trade request. After he said, I'm not playing. I want to be traded. I'm not playing. Kevin Love didn't say, hey, I want to leave. I think there's a difference there. He's playing. He's going out. He's trying to make things happen. Anthony Davis never said, I'm not playing, though. No, he said, I, I said, want to trade. Tra- tra- I'm yeah. not playing for this franchise in the future, in the future. so get yeah. rid of yeah. me now. 
I'm not going to be here. Yeah, there's a difference, I think. Anyway, I think Kevin Love is actually trying on the floor. I think I think that's <laughs> really? a, a, he's not trying. He saw try- the, the clip in the corner yeah. where he's just walking on defense as the ball's swinging around the corner. Yeah, he's well, pulling a Vince Carter. That that was a I wouldn't go that far. He's not faking injuries yet. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't I mean, play. <laughs> true, he didn't play yesterday. Yeah. He's trying. Well, to- they, that was a second night of a back to back. Yeah, I know. And he sat the other time. So, yeah. but but on the court, he's if he gets a ball, he's shooting it, but he's not working as hard as he can. There's no doubt. Yeah, he's no. He's. I would say he's not showing leadership qualities no, that you would want no. from your max player. But no. he's again, done with this situation because I don't think he likes half the players on the team. Yeah. I don't think he likes the coach. Sure as hell doesn't seem like he likes the GM because he's telling him to fuck off basically. Um, yeah, he wants out and, and he's being a bit of a baby about it, and it's probably going to work because it always works. Would he? <laughs> would he be behaving like this? So let's say he was a free agent this season, knowing that knowing that he's got now he's he's got his contract. If he didn't have a contract going into next season, do you think he would be? playing with this attitude right. I don't think so right, right. I think he'd be like I need to show that I can still perform to still get some sort of contract because he's only going to be 32 going into next season so but but he's like I'm, I'm getting paid so I'm just going to do what I want until I find hopefully a situation that I that I want to be in but again that's going to be a challenge for the Cavs so Kevin Love gets traded over the weekend. Do we come in and do an emergency <laughs> podcast? For, for Andre Drummond? I'm just really worried about emergency podcasts. I just want to know what's going on. Mm. Okay? I think uh, Kevin Love, 100%. miles ahead of Andre Drummond. Wow, miles. Wow, wow, wow. You really, you're really big on Andre Drummond, I feel no, like. No, I'm just big on emergency podcasts. Yeah, but you're also like, we're going to be talking about Andre Drummond 20 years from now. That's no. stuck with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you did. We had a mail question about him. Like, we're going to be talking about Andre Drummond in 20 years. You're like, yeah, he rebounds a lot. I don't think people are talking rebounds that much, man. <laughs> Skates loves a rebound. He I do love a rebound. a rebound. I thought I convinced you to love a rebound. I, I too love a rebound. Yeah. But we're sickos, man. <laughs> we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch whatever dumb tournament they bring us to watch at any point in the season. We're gonna watch any play-in tournament. We're gonna watch any stupid idea the NBA comes up with. That's not true of everybody. Not everybody loves rebounds as much who as would these you, guys. Who would you rather have right now? Kevin Love at his age and his contract, or Andre Drummond? Kevin let's, Love in a heartbeat. Let's say even say it's a, a Love-like contract. You'd, you would go Love? Yeah, I mean, Andre Drummond will get a Kevin Love-like contract yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I'd rather have Love. You guys agree with that? I mean, I know it depends on the situation. Yeah, of course. And engaged I Love, yes. That. Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. You still believe in Kevin Love being an all-star player? I think he uh, I think he can be an all-star caliber player, you know? I mean, he, he gets rebounds, he can shoot the three, he can be effective. He's played in big games. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Let's keep it going. Losers of the weekend. Who you got, Trey? The Clippers. And I'm going to give it to you, Clint Eastwood style. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. He was in the good, bad, and the ugly? Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Eastwood style, good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> the yeah, good, yeah, 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 exactly. Is he the outlaw Josie Wales in that? I don't know if that's his name. He's in that movie as well. I don't know, but uh, the Eastwood style coming right at you. Good, the bad, and the ugly, as we all know. The good, they came back to beat the Knicks. The Clippers did, but they gave up 45 points in the first quarter. The bad, they gave up 140 in that loss to the yep. Grizzlies. The ugly, though, is Montrez Harrell. His quotes after losing to the Grizzlies. We're not good. He said, we're not a great team. We're not a great team. I think it's that we need to realize and wake up. We're a team that has to figure things out to win night in and night out. Somebody else asked him, what's the vibe like in the Clippers locker room after this Grizzlies loss? He says, I don't know. That might be another problem right there. Doc Rivers, Mm. 
says that he doesn't think the Clippers have an identity. And to me, this is a little bit of a problem when you're looking forward. You know, I was happy to take the Clippers preseason to be a championship team, and that's despite the fact that they got added two new guys. It seemed like bringing in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, these are the perfect superstars to add to a Clippers team that was all about hard work last year. Defense, competing, everybody eats, all for one, one for all. And Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they are those guys. They do seem to be the superstars that fit in perfect there, but they're still superstars. Things are still changing. You know, those guys are still taking nights off, and I don't know if that has some sort of an effect. I don't know if uh, prioritizing health in the playoffs has an effect during the regular season because against 500 teams, the Clippers are just 10-7. and seven. They're not showing up to play against 500 teams. They're great against teams that are over 500, 17-5. Wait, am I reading this right? No, 10-7. and seven. Uh, And they are... You know, they've beat the Lakers twice. Whereas you look at the Lakers, they're 20-0 against teams that are 500. That's going to matter because they're going to end up with the number one seed in the playoffs. They're going to end, at least in the Western Conference. So I don't know if competing, the Lakers have been a lot more focused this year. They have been working on getting things right. They've working on their chemistry, their cohesiveness, just the way they play together, getting everybody out there and playing together and being the best they can be. The Clippers have not done that this year. And we're now halfway through the season Tass has said it before. You're going to want all your guys to be healthy, and you're going to want to figure things out so you can be rolling when it comes playoff time. And surely they have a plan for that. But I think the Clippers' season has been a little bit underwhelming, and everybody's yeah. giving them a pass because we know they're playing for the playoffs, but that's why nobody cares about the regular season because the teams don't. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I will say Montrez, I mean, he talked the talk after that loss, and then he walked the walk. No doubt. You know, against the Knicks. He had a monster game. I mean, he was a huge reason why they won that game against the Knicks, which isn't great to say, but – he went for he tied his career high. The guy can only score thirty four points for whatever reason. He can't get over that. He even misses free throws that could have taken him over that. But he was he was money. But you are it is weird that we're like, man, the Clippers are a disappointing team being twenty six and twelve and yeah, they're they're star guys barely playing together. Yeah, it's you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, and it, it's weird to hear like the alarm bells a little bit for a get from a team that's again that great. They're losing to bad teams, so I think that's why the alarm bells are, are going off. But I guess they're taking on the persona of their lead guy, and their lead guy is Kawhi Leonard, who sits out a lot of games, and so they're not going to be awesome throughout the regular season, but I think you know that that guy is going to be awesome when it comes to the playoffs, because he is every single year, and because he just won a championship, and I think, yeah, they are... Yeah, even in the big games this season, he seems to like the ones that feel like Mm. playoff games, he goes out and is like, I'm the best player out here. Yeah, Yeah, he can elevate his game whenever he needs to. There's no doubt about that, but that is not what the Clippers were about last year. Yeah, they're different. They are different. Uh, I would just – it just feels like if if you're you're watching every game, you definitely get worried. Uh, But if you zoom out, you say, hey, you know, compare him to the other great teams in the West. Like Anthony Davis hasn't been a playoff performer in the past. But I know that Kawhi Leonard, every year, even when Zaza Pachulia took him out in the playoffs – I mean, he was ready to run roughshod over the entire league, so he's ready, man. I, I wouldn't. I just don't think you 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 say um, you know they don't look good now, and that's totally true. I think they'll you know put it in gear in March or whatever it is, and just you know be ready for April fifteenth or whatever. Who do you have tasked for a loser of the weekend? My loser of the weekend. Uh, I dug a little bit deeper, just talking about those Lakers. Uh, it is Kyle Kuzma, uh, because according to Sam Amick of The Athletic, sources now say the Lakers have shown a recent willingness to listen to pitches for Kuzma. So, you know, his role has lessened a little bit this season as, as a bench player. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, this is total speculation from Tass Mellis, but 
Is, was there the kiss of death from LeBron after Kawhi and the Clippers oh. beat LeBron's Lakers on Christmas? Kyle Kuzma's trainer came out on Twitter basically mm-hmm. saying there's the difference between a guy who trains all the time, Kawhi Leonard, and a guy in LeBron who doesn't. And then Kuzma tweeted a couple hours later, it's just a spade calling a spade a spade or whatever the heck he tweeted. <laughs> Call a spade a spade. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you, Lee. Uh, and so were those connected? Kyle Kuzma says, "Uh uh-uh, no, those aren't connected. Why did you delete the tweet then, huh? Show a little strength and just keep that tweet up. Well, besides that, Kuzma and LeBron. I was playing cribbage. Spades is a good game, too. Oh, yeah. It's a great game. Um, Is it called Spades or Hearts? Well, there's Spades. There's both, both, huh? Yeah. It's just the same thing with one suit leads? No, they're they're a little different. There's some similarities, but. Okay. Yeah. Um, Both great games. uh, And Kuzma and LeBron apparently buried the hatchet. That being said, the same Amic report does lead everyone to believe that Rob Palenka is listening to calls and the Lakers have a bigger need than, you know, what Kyle Kuzma gives them, I think. I think mm-hmm. that seeing a need that will help them get to the championship may have Kuzma as a part of a, a deal to get them another guard. And Shams reported on the other side of things that the Lakers aren't looking to shake it up in such a major part of the team like Kuzma, who is playing, you know, 20 minutes per game off the bench, that they're trying to work around the edges as Shams puts it. So maybe it's the Darren Collison free agent signing, or maybe it's just a bio guy a little bit later and not shake up a guy who is, again, night in and night out playing off the bench and is a part of that rotation. But, you know, LeBron teams are known to really leave the cupboard bare in order to win now, 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 now. And Kuzma would be a guy in the future that they would have to sign. And so, you know, I'm reaching here, but, you know, the reports are that Palenka's listening and... I'm buying that anyway. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger, but if 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 uh, Palenka is listening, then the Grizzlies should be calling and saying, "Hey, you want Iguodala? You want uh, Crowder? We'll, we'll hey, we'll take Kuzma off your hands. We'll make that work. That would they should absolutely if the, if these reports are mm. true, they should yeah. be very interested in okay. trying to pick up Kuzma. You're right; he's been bad. He was he went from being the second guy last year to suddenly being I don't know. It feels like at times like the fifth or sixth guy. He's That's... not shooting well. But he came into the season injured as yeah, well. I know. He's got a completely different role. He's on a team now that's got expectations and is winning. And, yeah, and I think, it's different. You're yeah, right. I, I think that's what he's suffering from right now. It's like, oh, man, in the last couple of years, no one really cared what anyone did. Now I've got to go out there and perform, and it's yeah. hard to and find that And he was a rhythm. starter last exactly, year and yeah. not now. Yeah, yeah and so it's just, it's just different shots, different distribution, um, and he's he hasn't yet been able to really find a rhythm. I think he's a good player, but again, I think as well when the Lakers, clearly they're going to sign Anthony Davis next season. He's their focus, uh, and Kuzma it would be up for his rookie extension next season. So how much are they going to pay him? I'm not sure. I think Kuzma would get. Um, I think, you know, talking about the Grizzlies, I think that would be a good spot for him, a young team on the rise. Yeah. Uh, they uh, the Grizzlies get an asset for Iggy and, and Iggy goes to the Lakers where the Lakers would love to have him for this season but um, I, I still think he's a good player I think he can be a very effective player uh, but like a lot of young players when, you, when your career starts off as well as his did it's hard to sort of maintain that when, when so many circumstances around well, it change well then maybe his trainer got him in trouble here too the kiss <laughs> of death like yeah. Tass is you know, possibly saying mm. it's uh, LeBron the gram of death oh yeah you're dead to me now get him out of here I mean, it's the, possible uh, and uh, Let's let's keep on with LeBron talking on the, the Instagram where he uh, he went on his IG story after Anthony Davis put in what did he put in forty one forty six I think was it forty yeah, six on, on Friday yeah, night yeah. and uh, LeBron I think you know he basically just 
creating these own stories in his own head. <laughs> the IG story, we still gave too much for him, huh? Was his quote on Anthony Davis. Okay, it's uh, maybe you know some jabronis on Twitter are saying that, but it's a little bit like the hashtag washed king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The majority of people yeah. are not saying that. That's right. <laughs> and so, hey, LeBron creates, uh, you know, he, he creates the narrative. He does whatever he wants. But uh, I am sure, I don't know if he gave him the kiss of death, but I am certain you brought up Iguodala, Skeets, that's it. That is a trade that LeBron would salivate. Oh, it's at. a toughie, though. Yeah, Kuzma's is, making less yeah, than two million dollars a year. That's, right? That like, is the problem. I'm on the I, TM right now. I know. Yeah. It's not I, looking good. You're right. I did the old throw it out there, like you can do it easily. I didn't mean to make it sound like that, but I'm saying maybe there's something. You got to pile up a lot of guys. Yeah, but uh, Iggy yeah. could also. I mean, he he can waive some of that salary. I believe. You think he's not, going to? Not in it. Well, listen, if, if that's a, his if that's his chance to get to the Lakers, I mean, maybe you could give up a couple. Well, you couldn't be traded and say, hey, give me $10 million less. Like, on the books, it still has to equal yeah, out in a trade. Or he can be bought out. I mean, there's one or the other. Right, being that's traded. Yeah. yeah, if he's bought out. But he says he's not being bought out. Or a three-way. There's a three-way yeah. out there. Uh, okay, i got to ask it. Are we doing an emergency podcast <laughs> if Kyle Kuzma gets traded? <laughs> for Iggy, yeah. I just need to <laughs> know, Iggy. okay? Kuzma we... for Drummond I'm in on. Hey, here's if what they we're... somehow get traded for each other, I'll be here. Here's what we're doing later today. We're printing out every single player in the NBA. We're putting it up on our wall. And then we are deciding whether we're coming in for an emergency podcast if that player is traded. That sounds like great content. <laughs> we'll live stream it. That's true. Um, okay, some other mini losers, just quick. I think the Sixers have to be in the mix there. They only lost one game over the weekend, but there was their fourth straight. And uh, Joel Embiid, he admitted after the game the losing streak was taking a toll on this team. So Sixers, uh, you know, after that huge Christmas Day win over the Bucks, and everyone got really excited again, suddenly looked rough. Um, and are just not playing up to, obviously, their ability. So, Sixers in there. Kyrie Irving's shoulder injury, at least the news coming from that, a little worrisome, a little, you know, loser-esque. Um, loser-esque. Loser-esque, <laughs> I should say. Because he said he received a cortisone shot right before Christmas in an attempt to delay or eliminate the possibility of having shoulder surgery, but they're waiting. Now they're waiting this out to see how, you know, does it work? Will it flare back up? That's not good. That's like I'm, you know, are we? I, I assume Kyrie's going to play again this year, but I'm not. I don't know. Maybe not at this point. Maybe they just like no. He hinted that he's not. I he know he, it hadn't come up until Kyrie spoke for the first time in a month and a half, and now there's a chance, right? Yeah. Is it a Markel Fultz shoulder where yeah. you're going to be sitting the whole thing, or is it a Paul George shoulder where it hurts? But you can play through it, and you're maybe not as good as you are. Yeah, were. so so we'll see with that. That that sucks, obviously, for Nets fans. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw the Bills in there for loser of the weekend, too. <laughs> Blowing a 16-0 lead to the, to the Texans. <laughs> Classic Bills. Yeah, I was happy to see our football acumen was really on display because they, Allen threw that bomb to a, uh, to a guy, and we're like, you do not want to be throwing a bomb to a guy who's number 42. Yeah. A double-covered Hail Mary to a number 42. And then I saw on Twitter later that night, funniest play was when Josh Allen threw a Hail Mary to a fullback. I was like, yeah, the yeah. boys know the ball. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, funniest play, throwing a jump ball to a guy that can't <laughs> jump. That's what happened. Go deep, 42. <laughs> yeah. Me? Uh, unbelievable. Right. Yeah, those two sacks there on Allen. Rough, rough, rough stuff. Feel bad for Jack Armstrong, really. Um, <laughs> so those are our winners and losers of the weekend. Let us know who you guys have. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks Inc. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. I feel like we've covered the NBA extensively enough today on today's show. <laughs> so I'm uh, taking it out of the NBA world for now. The Tweet of the Night. 
goes to musician Gene Simmons with uh, not, the mo- not the most current tweet of the night. It's a, it's a few days old, but it's still making waves. Now, hopefully we get to a Skeet story about uh, being on an airplane with Gene Simmons. Only one row away between first class and coach. Uh, but Right behind him. Yeah. But uh, this week, Simmons tweeted a photo of his cereal. Okay. <laughs> no biggie, right? But the cereal had ice cubes in it. Oh, oh God. Weird, right? Yeah. yeah he, he, he is apparently a guy who eats cereal with ice cubes all the time. He tweeted, anyone else put ice cubes oh in their cereal? God. Now, it, it's a combo of Oreo O's or whatever those are called. They're just, <laughs> they're just chocolate circles and mini wheats and huge cubes floating in milk. <laughs> Uh, and, Huge cues. And uh, his son, Nick Simmons, even tweeted in response, <laughs> oh my 30, God. 30 years of this. He's been doing this for 30 years. He doesn't think it's weird whatsoever. Uh, and he is pretty angry about it. TMZ asked him about it, and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm making news with my cereal. You got, you got Putin over there and Kim Jong-un <laughs> over there, and I'm making news with my cereal. He just likes it ice cold, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it's... Really, there's a lot of cubes in there. Yeah, you're not kidding. Those are huge cubes. <laughs> yeah. Is he, when he's eating the cereal, like, takes a bite of the cereal with the milk, and then he's like, does he then take, like, a cube? Like, does he suck on a cube no, for a no, bit, no. or does he literally just let it dissipate no, and he, keep uh, the milk cold? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked that. He did expand it and basically said that he likes his milk cold. Okay. So it's not it's not for the cube in the morning. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't put that in there, but yeah, there's a nice shot of him in his robe. You don't see his head, but he's uh, he's just having some breakfast, and it looks like he's cutting it with a knife, or like he's looking. <laughs> he looks like he's using his spoon as a knife, which is really weird. Oh How God. big's that bowl as well? That yeah, he's, that that's. I mean, that's gigantic. Oh. Oh, I that's mean, you've a seen di- his tongue, right? We're looking, at, have a lot of we're looking at different photos. No, it's the same thing. Look, oh, it's the same. It's the same slideshow. <laughs> Slide that's show? a different. That's a different bowl of food, though. That's How many brown. Pages that that what looks that? like he's got like sort of some sort of flaky cereal there with raspberries or something in yeah. it. Yeah. My God, that's a lot. Oh, you're on his Instagram, so yeah, things are different on Twitter. Wow. Oh wow. This wow. is an Instagram. This is a bit. Maybe it's a bit. He's 70 years old, still eating cereal. Does he? I mean, he's has an iconic long tongue. Does yes. he just lap it up like a cat? Like he doesn't well, even need a spoon. <laughs> Or a knife. <laughs> I, I saw Kiss last year, and uh, yeah. Yeah, constantly good. throughout the show, he is just putting that tongue out to give the fans what they want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gigantic as well. Yeah, you get upset about uh, Selma Hayek showing off the goods, but no problem with uh, his tongue is Gene real, Simmons, man. Uh, his tongue is real. Ooh, shots fired! Oh, man, that's yeah. Uh, uh, um, 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 um. Everything is real about yeah. Salma Hayek, by the way. A hundred percent. Keep it a hundred. Uh, do you want to tell your Gene Simmons story? No, I don't. Oh, I, mean, okay. really, I helped him with his luggage, and he co- what did he call me? Um, Something sexy. sexy. Strong and sexy yeah, man. Strong, young, yeah, young or, yeah, young and sexy man or strong and sexy man, yeah. You are young. Yeah, because so you were in coach. Yeah, it's right behind him. You're right. He was in first class, but I was in that comfort seat right behind him. <laughs> oh, okay. With that tiny little, uh, you know, we were on a small I guess a fairly small plane yeah. with a tiny little curtain. And then we got up and I was like, oh, that's Gene Simmons. That's cool. And then his bag was like, I think his bag was under his seat, actually. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. reaching above. No, no. And he was like, yeah, hey, strong and sexy. He called me strong and sexy, I think it was, um, to help him with his bag. 
Yeah, because he couldn't access. He couldn't pick it up with his tongue. It was behind, <laughs> it was behind the seat, so the strong and sexy skeets picked it up. All right, pick'em results Friday night. It was uh, Pelicans Lakers. Lakers were favored by ten and a half. Had to win by eleven. Mm-hmm. They only won by ten, oh, so that bags of beans. is a Pelicans cover, and that means Tass and I got it correct on Friday night. Trey and Lee took the L. So for the uh, month of January, we're obviously early into it here. I'm still perfect. I'm two and zero. Everybody else one and one. I know there's a lot of games on tonight. What's our pick'em game there, Tassie? We mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers have lost four in a row. They are at home today to the OKC Thunder, who are on fire. They've won five straight and have won nine of ten. Wow. What's Sixers? The line? I don't know how the line is this big, but it is. It's seven and a half. Huh. Which is a little bit odd. The Sixers are favored by seven and a half, despite their struggles, and the Thunder rocking and rolling right yeah, now. Yeah, so, I'm wow. wondering if someone's not playing yeah, that's there intriguing. For, the, uh, for the Thunder. Huh? You know I- what? I'm going to jump right into it. Give me the Sixers. Vegas knows something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Give me the, the Sixers in a, in a odd, an odd cover here to win by eight or more. God. I'm going Thunder. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a Garth Brooks on this one. The Thunder rolls. <laughs> They've been good on the road against the spread. <laughs> Research, baby. Oh, wow. wow. Way to dig in. Yeah, that's right. I Googled one thing, haters. <laughs> <laughs> they have been. Uh, they've been... Awesome, and they play a lot of close games. So seven and a half is that's big. It, it makes sense that they've been good on the road. ATS, um, I'm taking the six. Oh, Tess and I, I think they're gonna win. Yeah, did you Google that thing though? <laughs> yeah. Those records. We got a lot of Tass and I on one yeah. side of the bet, and Trey and Lee on the other. It feels like yeah. following you, man. All right, you're doing all right. Yeah, this I've had year. a pretty good, uh, pretty good record this year for me. Usually had some bad years. All right, so uh, yeah, Tass and I are taking Philly to win by eight or more. Currently got OKC to cover. Guys, thanks for joining us today. That was a long Monday, but we talked about a lot. Drummond and Love and Kuzma and Selma Hayek and Gene Simmons. Football. Man, football. Fullbacks. <laughs> hey, who do you like winning the Super Bowl now that, that TB12's out? Oh, TB12. I mean, uh, who's been the best teams this year? Ravens. Ravens are playing well. 49ers. Lamar Jackson might be in the MVP. 49ers are Oh, good. Jimmy G coming through in the clutch. Give me the Packers. Are they in it? Oh, yeah. Oh. They had a bye. Oh, I didn't Rogers is balling, dog. Okay. This one's for Dwayne. Lee, who you like? Uh, yeah, you Packers. take, like, Lombardi? <laughs> sure. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's left? Packers, oh, 49ers. Don't worry, Ravens. Lots of teams. Chiefs. Vikings. Chiefs. Titans. Texans. Titans. Wow. Texans. Uh, Seahawks. Seahawks. Nice. Got Seahawks. all eight. I think Seahawks we got all eight. good, yeah. All right. Give me the Seahawks. Okay. <laughs> oh, Shout out to Mina Kimes. Nice. Tass, who you like? Um... You mentioned the trade Jimmy G. I was like, who the heck is a Jimmy Garoppolo? I <laughs> yeah. like that name. Pat should have kept him, man. The Niners. Oh, yeah, okay. Pat should have kept him, oh, right? God. Brady oh. could have passed the torch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, all right. Clever bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Jimmy G. Jimmy gets Super Bowls. Embrace the day, people.